latest from Scotston. This is Warriors Weekly, Glasgow Warriors' official podcast. Hello and welcome back to Warriors Weekly. On this week's show, I'm joined by two new guests. I'm joined by Greg Woolard for his second appearance on the podcast. Greg, how are you? How you doing, Duncan? Great to be back on the show. And we are joined by my co-host for the next few weeks, Craig Wright. Craig is our communications assistant within the media team. Craig, you do a bit of everything and anything, but you are our resident stats man. Our, you're, you live and breathe Glasgow Warriors. Do you want to give, I guess, the audience kind of a touch on what you do? Uh, yeah, I've got a face for radio, I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I started as a... Craig's currently not on the screen just now, just so everybody's <laughs> aware of that. Uh, I started as a work experience uh, nearly five years ago um, and I basically just never left Um, so I've uh, followed the club, support the club um, doing from from writing pieces on the website to the occasional interview to um, occasional, well, first time popping up on uh, on Warriors Weekly so uh, yeah, like you said, anything and everything and uh, just cracking on and enjoying stuff really yeah, and you say the occasional piece for the website, but I think almost every piece of written content on the website is written by you. So if everyone's kind of listening, uh, has read a piece of our, our web content and realized how good it is and how eloquently Craig uh, weaves things together, uh, he's definitely your man for anything written. For, uh, for context, Duncan isn't on commission for this, but I, I thank you for that. <laughs> You're very welcome. So this week we've brought Greg on and we've brought you on, Greg. Uh, obviously, I know you were on the podcast before and you had a short 15-minute chat with kind of Jack, kind of giving a, a brief overview of, of your job and your role as head analyst with the Warriors. But we kind of brought you on today to kind of dive in a bit deeper around that and just chat about how you got to your, you know, how you got into your role, I guess, various different coaches you've worked with, scouting players, all those bits and bobs. So can you kind of give me a snapshot of, how you got to where you are now, how you became head analyst for Glasgow Warriors. Where did it all kind of start off? Yeah, uh, my journey really started off in 2010, uh, Duncan. Um, part of my university degree, I had to do a placement. Um, I just so happened my rugby coach at the time was uh, Robert Holdsworth, who was lead analyst at Glasgow, then went on to the national team and has uh, re- recently moved on in the past 12 months. Uh, onto different things within business. Um, yeah, so it was him that got me involved. You know, typical student, uh, go to university, knew I wanted to be involved in sports. Uh, didn't really know what I wanted to do in sports, but I wanted to be involved in some way. And yeah, I guess I kind of stumbled upon this uh, performance analysis route and I've, I've not looked back. Uh, I've not looked back since, so that's been really good. What degree were you doing? I did uh, sports coaching and development at right. UWS. And, and did it kind of weave into into the two? So when you did came and did your internship, I guess, as an analyst, was there stuff that you already knew or were you starting totally from scratch? No, we did. I mean, when I started my placement, uh, I probably learned more in that and we delved a wee bit deeper into performance analysis later on uh, in my university course. So we did touch on it a little bit, but it was very basic compared to what I'd learned in the actual environment, living and breathing what we do at Glasgow Warriors. So. Uh, yeah, from there, uh, I interned for a couple of years. I actually took a wee bit of time out, uh, finished university, then went on to obviously try and earn some money uh, and ended up coming back. Gavin Vaughan was with the department uh, underneath Gregor Townsend. Uh, he was leading the department, uh, did an internship or continued my internship with Gav. Um, and then, yeah, 
I had an assistant position opened up, I applied for it. It took me four years to get there, but I think everybody's in the same boat in high performance sport. You know, you got to do your time prior to prior to actually getting a job. So well, I was really grateful for that. Uh, Gav, somebody I've got a huge amount of respect for. Uh, learned loads off of him. Um, yeah. So, so what year was it that you became, I guess, a, a fully paid uh, member of the staff? And then, what year was it you became? So it was the, It was it was actually a brilliant year to join the team. It was the year we won the championship. Uh, it was my first full year, so I started at the beginning of that season. Uh, no, I don't don't think I had any influence back then. But uh, no, look, like I say, it's a brilliant place to work. Brilliant environment. Uh, great group of boys. Uh, you know, they're the ones that drive standards every day and. It's just great to be a small part in that journey. Mm-hmm. So then, and then when did you become head analyst or when were you appointed to the role? So I became head analyst in Renz's second year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave's second Gav, year. Gav, Gav moved on uh, with Gregor onto the national team. He's done an excellent job there. And then uh, Toby West uh, came across from the national setup. He was an assistant analyst there. He led the department for a year. And... Yeah, Dave had just had a chat with me, pulled me aside and just asked me uh, if I'd like the job and I gladly accepted it. So so when you got offered the job, were you expecting to be offered it at all? You know, when, when Dave called you into the office and sits you down or, I don't know, gives you a call or however it worked, was it something that was kind of on your mind? Like, oh, maybe I'm going to be offered a job here? I don't think I was really expecting it. You know, like being an analyst and all, all analysts will get called into coaches meeting rooms or into meeting rooms to discuss things with coaches that you know it just seemed like a normal catch-up that we're about to have and no I wasn't expecting it you know the season had kicked off and my mind was fully focused on on the week ahead and you know it came as a bit of a surprise but uh, I was just happy that all my hard work over the years had finally paid off and really excited about the opportunity that was getting given to me. We obviously working sort of alongside you with so week to week between games we, we kind of know bits and pieces about what you do but I don't think even we really understand fully what the the role of analyst involves so just for, for anybody listening because obviously um, it's a, a fairly unique uh, career amongst sort of Scottish sport just because of the position of, of high level um, sporting positions what what does a typical week look like for you? A typical week for me Craig is uh, it's pretty full on so obviously we've got the game um the game we break down live game analysis so we're doing and looking at things like possession territory are we building pressure in the right areas are we exiting correctly and then providing that information to coaches during the game live which will influence what what the product we're actually producing is so and uh, that's what we do during the game and then post game we'll get into the nitty-gritty of the individual player stuff looking at how players are being effective in attack and defense and that can be anything from the tackle area, um, so the detail within that, is it left shoulder, right shoulder, is it dominant, passive, and, and really making sure that we're adding qualitative information uh, to the numbers as well. So maybe making 10 tackles a game is, uh, is a really good number and missing zero, but maybe we're not being dominant in that area uh, from an individual point of view, and, and that's an area we can really help help the individual athletes uh, try, uh, try and get better from a game-to-game uh, or week-to-week basis. Uh, we then come in on a Monday, uh, the coaches meet up with the various leadership groups. And at that point, uh, 
you know, I'm making sure the games are all on the laptops ready for the players to sit down and analyse their own performances through the video. Um, they'll then combine that with the numbers and they'll start planning for their one-on-one -on -one meetings in the afternoon uh, that they have with the, their various coaches and, and, you know, they'll have an idea of who they need to speak to. Um, then obviously as the Monday morning progresses, we then go into our review meetings where uh, we'll do that from a backs and forwards perspective. Uh, backs will look at what went well, what can we learn, how can we get better, same with the forwards, and then we come together as a team and we go through that exact same process as well. Um, so that's looking from an individual unit platform and also from a, a collective team uh, analysis session. Um, again, just trying to highlight areas that we could be better at and, and make sure that we're always learning and improving uh, on every performance. Then on the Monday afternoon, the boys go out and do a clarity session. That's where we start introducing some new themes for that week. Uh, we'll obviously film that and we'll code that from an analysis point of view. Uh, Tuesday, we go into our attack preview. Uh, got a real attack focus day. Uh, again, the boys will go out and train. We'll make sure that we're filming that and providing the correct information. Um, Wednesdays tend to be a day off if we're playing on the Saturday. Uh, Thursdays, Again, we train out in Ravenscraig, uh, so early start for everybody out there. You know, we do our preview meeting and defence and our transition attack stuff. Uh, again, hold a clarity session in the morning, a couple of unit sessions, and then a big team session. That's a pretty intense day where all our workflow is just back-to-back, -back and uh, again, we're making sure that we're providing what we need to provide for coaches and players alike. And then Friday the boys come in, that's really a player-led day. Uh, the players then lead on, uh, that's when we hand everything over to the players and, and they lead their uh, captain's run, uh, running through key plays, making sure that we're sitting down, speaking to things prior to our session. Uh, you know, we're not trying to catch the boys out if they don't know certain bits of detail. Uh, they've still got time to learn that. It's more sitting down, making sure we're speaking about it uh, round a pitch that we provide uh, where we do a bit of mapping on it. Um, and then yeah the boys go out and train and get into things on the Saturday so yeah yeah, that's a typical week for us So it's more focused on, on what we as a club or the players that play for the, the club can do better as opposed to um, picking out holes in, in the opposition defence for example Yeah look I think looking at yourself first and foremost is, is the biggest learning tool you know you've got to learn how to get better yourselves before you look at others and um Although we drive those standards, looking at opposition footage and previewing opposition is a massive part of our week as well. Obviously, I just mentioned that Wednesdays are tend to be a day off, but that, it's really a day working from home. And that's a day that you really delve into who, who you're going to be playing following the week. So we tend to work 10 days in advance of, of the game of who we're going to be playing. So say we were playing uh, Scarlet's one week and we we're playing Munster the following week. If we were still going to play Scarlet's that Saturday... We'd start looking at Munster the Wednesday, and and that's really when we start delving into the depths of that, and uh, we'll look at it from a KPI's point of view, what they're good at, uh, when they win, when they lose, uh, how can we exploit certain areas of the game, and we'll provide that information firstly to the coaches, and then it's all about deciphering all that information down and uh and what's key to the following week and how we're going to present that to the boys. And, and then su Sunday, you're doing a lot of analysis as well, or I guess the minute the game finishes. So all the way through the game, you're sitting and coding the game kind of live. And then you basically have is it about 24 hours to turn around the game, get it all coded up so the coaches on a Sunday night can have a review. Is that right? 
Yeah, look, that's uh, that's right. So obviously, like I mentioned, we break down the game live. Uh, that's all you like your match uh, statistics that we're producing there, and then um, a afterwards on the Sunday, that's when we get into the individual stuff and and go through it with a fine tooth comb. And then off the back of that, we produce statistical reports. Well, that's around a ten sheet document that we then send out to the coaches. They have time to evaluate that, look at the numbers, and again, it's looking at what's important to us. So we don't try and give the coaches absolutely every number because anybody can do that and it'll be information overload if we were if we were to do that so we try to stick to giving them what's important to us and, and we've decided that as a coaching group prior to the season kicking off um so what's important for us from attack what's important for us in defense uh from a set piece point of view and we collect all that information and hand it to them in a statistical report uh, that they will evaluate and then we discuss it on the Sunday night, uh, have a coaches meeting and then re really plan for the following day what we're going to show from a review point of view, uh, what's important and I'm making sure that we're not showing the boys too much either because again, they, they can only take in so much information as well as we can only take in so much information. So again, I keep coming back to what's important to us and what's going to help us improve is, is key to what we what we show on that Monday afternoon. And, and you, 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 you touched on there about the players kind of looking at their own stuff and kind of looking to develop. Now, Dave, Dave's quite big on kind of obviously coming from kind of a teaching background and getting the guys to kind of lead themselves on some of the analysis, look at different bits and bobs. So how do you kind of fit into that? What do you provide to them? How, I guess, how often are you talking to them about stuff and talking them through things? Or is it a case of you just give them a coded piece of footage so you give them the footage with some information and they kind of look through it themselves and kind of do their own analysis? Like I say, there's no hiding place in this sport and that's the same for the staff. Um, you know, when we're providing the uh, players with information, so like I say, we break the game down uh, using a software package. Uh, they all have clips, they all have statistics. Um, now they'll challenge us in that sometimes if they believe... Uh, if they believe that maybe they didn't miss a tackle here or they did, uh, I, I call the defence, so it's usually me that gets it in the neck for that. Um, but for me, that's good. You know, like, we want to challenge each other. We don't want to just accept the norm. Um, if, if they're challenging me, it means that they're taking pride in what they're doing and they actually want to learn. Um, so, like I say, they'll go through it. Uh, if they have any issues, they'll speak to us or... Even if we're looking at other teams, you know, they might ask, oh, what do you think here or there? Or, uh, you know, we, we watch four or five games prior to playing an opposition in the lead up to playing that team. So, um, like I say, you're just constantly watching rugby. And then from from a learning point of view for the players, they then have one-on-one -on -one with the coaches. So if you're involved in the match day 23, uh, you'll have a one-on-one -on -one slot where the boys have to organise that themselves. And that's one thing that Dave's really driven since being here is um, the, the players actually being able to sort through that footage themselves. So they'll have all the games coded with little bits of different instances and uh, video clips and then they go through that and they'll build like their own little, we call them organisers, but they'll build their own organiser and then send that to the coach uh, so, yeah, very player-focused and them driving their own standards within their own game rather than us pro not providing it, because we do provide it, but us providing the coaches with what they want. Um, that's something that uh, Renz is really keen on and he, he drives that every day. 
and you also look at training footage as well because you have I guess you have a team that works under you. You've got Graham who's full time, then you have several different interns that are always filming footage. Uh, sorry, are always filming training. So how does that kind of feature into the coding and stuff like that? Or is that more for just coaches to kind of analyze how players are doing during the week? Or how does that kind of fit into everything? Yeah, look at different times, you're going to be looking at different things. Uh, you're always wanting to try and improve. So maybe you're, well, I don't know, just off the top of my head, you're catching passes, maybe being a bit inaccurate. Uh, obviously, we play a high skill set game and we're, we're like, throwing the, uh, like throwing the pill around. So we're going to, Errors are always going to creep into our game with the style of rugby that we play. Uh, it's just about eradicating them as as much as we can, and it starts with training. So you'll, again, sometimes do reports and catch and pass error rate. Uh, how can we improve that? If players are, say, a, below a certain percentage, uh, we have a period in training called Warrior 15, and within that period, that's an opportunity for the players to develop in an area that they want to develop in. Um, so they can call upon an analyst they can uh, to film it, they can call upon a coach to help them maybe run a drill or help coach through a drill. And player-to-player -player coaching as well is really important within that period. So, um, yeah, we'll go through a training with a fine-tooth comb as well. Uh, we'll build reports from that. Um, again, I'm really fortunate. I've got a great team behind me. Graham does an excellent job. Um he specifically looks after the forwards. Uh, being a winger, he's got a real appetite uh, for driving malls and lineouts. Uh, being a monster man, so uh, now nah, he he's been an excellent addition to the team as well. You're talking about so the players, players leading it, and players pulling together their own uh, their own organisers. Are there any of the boys that sort of stand out in your mind that this could be something that they want to do post rugby? Is it something that just allows them to? To switch off in a way, if that makes sense. I don't think many people want to be a. I don't think anybody wants to be an analyst coach rugby. <laughs> Just watch all more all the games. Ah, uh, look, no, we've got some, like I say, really intelligent men uh, of the game within our group. So whether it's going down the coaching role, uh, a lot of boys are studying to be coaches and going through their coaching badges. So that's probably an area that they see their futures in more. Uh, but it all stems from analysis. You know, if you can read the game, you're going to be an excellent coach. So, um, yeah, I would say they'd probably lean more towards the coaching than the analysis. Big shoes to fill, Greg, that's why. <laughs> Not at all. And, and you, you touched on there when you mentioned Graham and kind of your team. So can you kind of give us, a, uh, give the, I guess, the listeners an idea of how, how your team is made up and kind of how you divide the workload? So obviously you said Graham does forwards. Yeah, so... You were saying you do defence. And then uh, you I look the at, other guys uh, coming uh, I look at uh, the attack and the defence. Uh, Graham's taken more of the defence side off of me, which has been uh, excellent. Uh, allows me to look at uh, the transition stuff as well, so I've got a real attack focus. Um, I'll go through and code the defence. Uh, that tends to be the area where you get the most heat from the boys uh, with them challenging you. So, uh, yeah, I, I like dealing with that as well and being challenged, and like I said to you earlier. Graham, uh, he looks after the forwards. Uh, you know his level of detail in that area is exceptional. And um, Beth's joined us. Uh, Beth Brophy, she's joined us from a academy and Super Six point of view. So, you know she's been excellent. And the challenge for me is making sure that I'm always developing these guys as well, and making sure that they have the skill sets to one day uh, be a lead analyst at Glasgow Warriors or or somewhere else. You know.
Um, I, I, I like to think that I'm always developing people as well as developing athletes and investing in them as best as I can. Who gives you the most heat, backs or forwards? Putting you on the spot. Sorry? Who gives you the most heat, backs or forwards? Uh, Jacko. Specific, specifically Jacko. <laughs> no. Uh, I, looked, I wouldn't say there's an area that they, backs or forwards that give you more grief. You know, if somebody believes that they've done something right or, or wrong for that matter, then, then they want to eradicate that problem. Very diplomatic. And and you, you touched on there, and I think I kind of mentioned it as well, that there are interns. So is that a natural progression for, I guess, obviously, Craig, you mentioned at the start there as well, you did interning, and obviously I've, I've done some interning work across the time. So would you say, Greg, to be an intern in high-performance sport, you probably, sorry, to have a job, a full-time job in high-performance sport, you probably need to have been an intern and kind of done the, I guess, yeah, done the work? I think it's a hugely important part um, to gaining a job in high-performance sport. It's... For me, it's where you learn, you know, you can go away, you can study as much as you want and you can develop in skills as much as you want, but unless you're in the mix of it and actually dealing with the demands and the pressures of the job, and that and that's in any job, that's not just in performance analysis, that's, that's across the board and even away from sports, immersing yourself in the environment and that that's where you're really learning. Like I say, if MD's aspiring to be a performance analyst or... Uh, work in high performance sport and it's definitely a beneficial route and it really helped me in my development mm-hmm. and, and how is how is i guess the job of an analyst changed in the seven or eight years that you have been an analyst obviously i know that's not that long but technology's obviously advanced a lot in that time <laughs> yeah massively uh it's not done in vhs anymore that's for sure uh now obviously technology is always growing and that's that's the challenge for for everybody, and that's I guess that's the one percenters is always trying to stay ahead of the game, be it from a learning aspect, from uh, different types of learning styles, or using a bit of technology to give you that half percent here or theirs is going to benefit any team. So, um, yeah, you just can't sit back and w- wait for things to happen. You've always got to be trying to go out there and speaking to different people, looking at different websites. Uh, technology brands speaking to them uh, uh, and making sure that it fits you're, you're not just picking something for the sake of picking it it needs to fit within your workflow and your environment um, so it's been obviously it's a shame that rugby is not happening at the moment um, but it's been a great opportunity to to work in those things and learn from others and speak to other people and uh, I was on on a conference call this morning to a, a software brand uh, that we're thinking about taking on as well you know so uh, and that would be from a player's learning point of view so it all comes back to the players and and how they can learn and develop and, and make them better people one thing so you touched on there about speaking to, to other people obviously on a, on a week-to-week basis you are a part of a team that's trying to get one over on, on an opponent um, away from that is there a so quite a sort of good community from amongst uh, amongst pro analysts. I'm just thinking about if you're you're chatting to your counterpart to Edinburgh or Leinster, or when you guys get together after a match, or um, I don't I don't speak to the guy at Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah, look, we've got a between us as a pro fourteen analysis group. We've we've got a WhatsApp group that we communicate on. Uh, 
you know, everybody's good buggers out there. So like we all help each other out. We all speak to each other, stay in contact. Um, you know, the worst thing to do is go away from home and end up needing something and you haven't got a relationship with somebody that can help you out. So like I, I like sharing ideas. I like speaking rugby. Um, the majority of the pro 14 group do. And but like I say, it's always good learning from others. It's always good speaking and it, it keeps you ahead of the game and it keeps you alert. Um, so no, it's good. So I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll go back a little bit to just game analysis. Um, and you touched on looking for uh, holes in other people's games or areas that you can exploit. Are you able to give an example of some a time that you've you've seen something and then you've used it in a game and it's it's kind of worked out? Yeah, again, I think as an analyst, you buy into the coaches' philosophies, so. You, you learn to read the game like they do. Uh, or, or certainly, that's the way I felt. Um, you pick up on traits or spaces that they're trying to see and it's re- really beneficial to build that relationship with coaches as well because uh, it's only going to make you a better analyst. So, an example. God, caught me off guard here. Uh, from a... So, La Rochelle uh, is a good example. So, Obviously, you remember the try that Kyle Stain scored in the corner uh, from that cross kick. That was actually something that we highlighted during the week. So um, they, they get really narrow in their kick chase. Uh, so we knew if we could move the ball quickly uh, from where the catcher catches the ball, um, kind of two or three passes into space, get the ball into Adam's hands. We knew that the, there was masses of space out there for Kyle to or another winger to get on the on the end of. And... Yeah, no, it was good that he converted that. It kind of changed the game for us, and we went on to win that. And I know it's not necessarily your bag, but how how do you go about simulating that in training, or how how do you go about highlighting that to the players? So again, it's all done through your obvious statement. It's all done through your analysis, but what uh, when you're going through when you're going through footage, you're seeing you're seeing pictures, so. A big thing that we always look for is space. So find space and exploit it. And how can you get the ball as quickly as you can into that space or a player into that space with the ball? So, yeah, when you're going through footage, maybe another team's exploited them uh, by means of a crossfield kick or maybe it's coming exploiting short sides or maybe it's just throwing the ball wide. Um, but, yeah, you pick up in the footage... Like I said, this is we got a really open group as well. From I, I touched on earlier that on Monday mornings that we meet up with our leaders groups, uh, so you get attack leaders, defense leaders, you've got overall leaders. Um, so they put in a lot of hard work as well. Uh, they do a lot of the analysis themselves, and and I I help that thinks the uh, sorry I think that helps the learning process if they're seeing the space and they're buying into coaches' philosophies then that really helps their learning. So if they're picking on something like a crossfield kick and see the space, then you know that's already in their mind and then it's on them as leaders to deliver that to the to the rest of the group. So um does that make sense? Yeah. And 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 you'd kind of talked you talked at the start of that answer there about changes in coach uh, well coaching and kind of uh understanding how a coach likes to play and then kind of getting into their mindset. So obviously we're we're soon to be in a point of transition moving away from Dave as Dave moves away to Australia and we wish him well in that. 
and with Danny Wilson coming across from Scotland. So you started under Gregor and then you've moved across to Dave. So what is it like for an analyst or just what is it like in general within a rugby club when a new coach comes in? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm probably really experiencing it for the first time just now. Um, obviously, I was an assistant when Gregor was here and uh, Gav, kind of my mentor, moved on with him. So I, I'll kind of speak from the now. Uh, so, no, Danny's been excellent. Uh, he's always on the phone. I speak to him, if not every day, every other day. Um, he's always communicating with us. Um, yeah, planning's well underway for next season. How are we going to kick on uh, from from where Dave's leaving us? So, um, you know, Gregor did an excellent job taking over from Sean. Uh, same with Dave taking over from Gregor. And I'm sure Danny will do an excellent job and, and drive us on as well. So, so yeah, I guess you've touched on Danny there. You're saying work is well underway. So, what what are you seeing from him? What 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 will Glasgow Warriors look like next season? Like I like I say, we play an exciting brand of rugby. I don't think we're uh, I don't think we're going to move away from our DNA and the the way that we play. You know, uh, that's what the fans turn up to see, and that's what gets everybody in the edge of their seat. So, like I say, he's just going to kick us on. Um, well, we've all presented on him where we think we're at. Uh, and he and he's presented where where he wants to take us. So, like I say, from a performance point of view, nothing's going to change. Just tweak a, tweak things here or there and put his own spin on it. Um, so, like I say, we've always been in constant communication. We're having obviously this time of year is, like I said, not great because there's no rugby being played. But we're always on Zoom, um, catching up for a coffee or whatever it is, or just talking rugby. Uh, Johnny Bell again, another excellent addition. Uh, been speaking to him on the phone every other day as well, just learning his philosophies from an attack point of view, and you know he's really excited about coming as well. Uh, change of role, obviously he's doing defence at Gloucester, and I know he's really excited about joining Glasgow Warriors as well. More sort of uh, along the lines where you're talking about the the guys coming in. Um, obviously the the last time we had, we had um, Dave coming in, we had Jason coming across from from Scotland. From from your point of view, both as a, an analyst and, and just a, a rugby fan and somebody in the backroom staff in, in general, how exciting a time is it when you've got that influx of sort of new ideas or fresh faces coming in? Yeah, Craig, look, it's uh, it's hugely exciting. You know, new new ideas. It's just going to freshen the place up. And um, like I say, from what I've been hearing, I can't give too much away. But what I've been hearing, you know, Glasgow Warriors are going to really kick on as well. And uh, so it's something that I'm massively excited about. So I guess a, a second part of your role, apart from doing analysis uh, and kind of keeping the, t- the team going every- on a day-to-day, you also are looking forward. You've obviously touched there about looking forward with Danny and uh, Johnny to next season. And part of that is around scouting players. And now you play a role in that as an analyst. And am I right in thinking that that's not necessarily the role of all analysts? It's something that you kind of that maybe def- uh, separates you from the rest of the pack? Yeah, look, I think all analysts will play a part in uh, in scouting. I'd just be to various different levels. So, um, obviously, when a player's coming in, analysts will gather footage, they'll gather key statistics and what they believe is important to them and is that player going to make an impact at their club? So, I, I don't think that's right. I think all analysts will be involved in some aspects, maybe... I'm involved in more ways than other analysts are and other analysts are involved in more ways than I am again so uh, it's a part of 
my job that I really like. It's a bit different to what I do, I guess. Um, I guess it's like the icing on the cake. Like, it's not something that you do every single day, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's good fun, and I I enjoy that part of it. It's um, like I say, it's a bit different. So so how how do you fit into that process? Yeah, I kind of fit in between Nathan Bombrys and the the coaches. Uh, obviously, ma- mainly dealing with Rens. Um, so Nathan speaks to agents all the time. Uh, I speak to agents as well. We kind of compile lists of who's available, and there's a couple of different ways you can look at it. Obviously, there'll be holes to fill with boys moving on. Um, so maybe we've got a certain position that we're looking for, or maybe we're just looking to strengthen an area, uh, or an area that we feel need need strengthened. So. We'll then go to the market, uh, find out who's available from the contacts that we have, um, go through their lists. Uh, and again, this can be done through agent lists or it can be done through word of mouth. Um, and then I'll kind of compile all that video evidence and statistical evidence that I can collect in that player. And instead of drip feeding information to coaches, I try and make sure all the packages are always together um, so I can give it to them all at once and, and nothing really gets lost. and. Again, something that's really important for us at Glasgow is not just investing from a rugby side, but probably more so investing from a per- personal side. So what's that person we're potentially looking at? What are they like off the pitch? What's their character like? Uh, do they have that work hard ethos about them? And you, you know, that's probably a, a really good way of how we go around their business is making sure that they fit into the culture that the boys have created for themselves. Um, as well as obviously being a good rugby player, but make sure that we're investing in the person first prior prior to their rugby ability, and uh, and again we we will develop them as rugby players when they get in. Uh, the coaches will look at that, and and they need to really add value to what we do. We're not just going to bring somebody in that we don't think is going to add value to our squad or our team or or improve us uh, as well. So that's really important uh, for where we want to get to. You've talked about sort of speaking to to players and, and agents and um, along those lines. Obviously, there there are players that don't um, don't necessarily come through that that route. The one that keeps coming to mind is the uh, the story of Nick Greg uploading a highlights package to YouTube. Um, yeah, so is, I I don't know too much about the whole Nick Greg thing. I think that was obviously Gav Vaughan was head analyst there and. Like I say, uh, I've learned everything from him, so he's kind of taught me the aspect of. Um, recruitment and you know I've only just scraped the surface of it compared to what he's like and uh, yeah I, I believe he sent the footage to Glasgow Warriors just the info account uh, it was a YouTube video and then yeah ended up coming over in a trial uh, he turned up I think everybody thought he was a hooker when he first turned up <laughs> I think people still think he's a hooker yeah came over in trial uh, then joined the academy and then got his opportunity and took it so and like I say, Nick's a brilliant lad. He works hard. Uh, low center of gravity. He likes breaking tackles, and uh, now he creates some good try scoring opportunities and scores some good tries himself. I guess so. So would Kyle Stain kind of fit into that a little bit as well? Then obviously kind of a a diamond in the rough, so to speak. Yeah, I guess Kyle is a bit like that. It was the first year that we played Cheetahs. Uh, I believe it was the Guinness Rit presenting the Man of the Match award. I think his, he was a family friend of Kyle and had mentioned that he was Scottish qualified and um, 
yeah, that's how we picked him up. Just through word of mouth, and he was playing for Greekas at the time. I was actually looking. Funny that you mentioned Kyle. I was actually looking at another player playing for Greekas at the time, um, and I was like, "Who the hell is that playing at 12? And it was Kyle Stain. And uh, I was looking at this other player. I'm not going to tell you who it was, but uh, I'd mentioned it to Dave. I'd gone, "Oh, check this guy out. Like, he's got something about him." And uh, Dave then informed me that we'd already signed him. So that was that was. You uh, felt vindicated. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> is is is? Do you have a do you have an example of someone that that you've kind of helped bring through, or do you have a someone that's your your success story almost in in your recruitment career so far? I most recent one would be probably Aki Sioli. Um. Obviously, when we first found. Aki, uh, his agent, had emailed him across and then kind of the process is once I get the information and I then pass it on to the coaches and obviously Dave knew him from New Zealand and I think he just gave him a call, picked up the phone and kind of feeling out if he was interested and uh, I think Aki had just come off the back of a really bad knee injury as well so we're kind of waiting for that to heal up. Um, and then, yeah, no, he's been an excellent addition to the team. Um, he gets through some amount of work for a loose head and uh, he's only going to get better and better. Yeah, he fairly introduced himself at the La Rochelle game again. Obviously, his, was it four tackles in a row on the 80th minute, basically, to basically preventing a try and helping us win the game? Yeah, well, look, that was a great uh, team defensive set there at the end. Uh, it was nail-biting stuff. Uh, but no, look, like I say, all the boys work hard. Uh just an expectation uh, from what from what they create themselves. So now he's uh, he's going well. And then obviously right now we're uh, we're still we're still in lockdown. We've we're about five weeks away out from having played a game of rugby. So what does your kind of workload look right now? And kind of what what is your day to day right now as a head analyst during uh, lockdown? And I guess right now furlough as well for some of the players and coaching staff and things. Yeah, I, th- I think the hardest thing about being at home is getting into a routine, to be honest. Like, I really struggled week one, um, just sitting at my laptop all day and being productive for part of it, and then the other part not so productive. Um, so I think, no, getting into a routine has been really important for me. Um, I kind of wake up, make myself a coffee, have breakfast, sit down at my laptop for a few hours, uh, maybe go for a run in the afternoon, uh, come back to my laptop, do a couple hours more work, um, and yeah, tr- try and make sure that I'm not only doing my work, but trying to take this opportunity to learn a bit as well. I'm trying to read books, uh, I'm watching conferences, I'm watching uh, different coaches speaking, different analysts speaking. So no, it's been, it's been a really good period. Um, the, the most challenging parts, obviously, Dave Rennie's still here and Danny's obviously got an opportunity that he didn't think he'd have to to work with us uh, currently and start developing ideas for next year. So it's great for for him and to get a head start's only going to benefit us in the long run. But trying to juggle two coaching teams teams is uh, keeping me busy. So and and then so you've touched on kind of balancing between Dave and Danny and obviously Danny, you're kind of looking ahead to the season looking ahead to next season so with Dave what what are you doing right now is it almost a review is it still just kind of monitoring players I guess how, do, how does it... yeah so it's a bit of a difficult period for everybody uh, 
kind of in limbo. We don't know when we're going to get out of our houses again or back to work or if, if rugby is going to be played again, which hopefully it does. But um, I, I guess it's just keeping on top of what we're doing. So, you know, I'm building reports just now for the coaches and every player, uh, along with the S&C staff. Brad Mayo sent me through some stuff and uh, we're just building their individual performance plans at the moment and I'm trying to make sure that we're on top of those. Uh, again, the guys were busy with them before they went on furlough, uh, looking at their own game, assessing where they think they're at and then the coaches will, you know, kind of reply to, to where they think they're at and if there's areas of their game they can improve. Is there anything you, you're reading or, or watching at the minute, just if anybody out there is aspiring to, to get into analysis, is there anything out there you'd, you'd point them towards in terms of a starting point or something that you think is particularly valuable to, to have a go at reading just now? Yeah, I guess it depends what kind of interest you're <laughs> You've got, uh, I'm currently reading the Talent Lab. Uh, it's a book on how to turn potential into world-beating success. Um, you know, it touches on culture. So, again, I really enjoy and value learning about different cultures. And it's all about uh, how the British Olympic team um, basically became a superpower in the recent years of, of the Olympics. So, again, whatever you're into is... You don't want to be reading something that's you're you're not interested in or you have a real drive to improve. So, um, yeah, that's the book I'm reading at the moment. And then, obviously, if someone's an aspiring analyst, maybe they should read that or have a look at that. But if you're an amateur club or even a community club, are there any simple things that they could do to kind of help their analysis, maybe before a game looking at film, after a game looking at film, or even during a game, maybe looking out for certain tells that you, you've identified in your career? Yeah, like... Uh, I think from a club point of view, it's always like performance analysis is an expensive industry. It's, you know, back from buying cameras to, you know, software and you don't need to go into too much detail. I think with analysis, people get frightened that they're not doing enough with it. Whereas I, th I think for especially clubs out there, um, it's probably doing what's important to you. So everybody's got iPhones or iPads or any sort of recording device with a camera on it. You, you can take clips of training, you can take clips of games. Um, if you're able to record games with a video camera, then, you know, even better. And it's it's using it as a learning tool. Again, like we, we sit there and maybe we've come off a heavy defeat, but it's, it's used to learn. It's not used to point the finger and blame somebody. Um, so if you can take an opportunity to improve yourself as a club or as a team uh, or as individual athletes and facilitate that through meetings or uh, developing learning through WhatsApp, um, you, another free app that you could use, uh, you could send video clips uh, to groups or whatever you like, you know, it's, uh, it's just finding a way to do it and, and making sure that you're learning from it rather than pointing the finger. Fantastic. Thank you, Greg. For both of you, I have one final question. Every week uh, during this lockdown period, I've asked all of our guests the same question. So to both of you, both Greg and Craig, if you had one person you had to be locked down with, whether that be in the squad or in the back room, who would that be and why within Glasgow Warriors? So a Glasgow Warriors personality to be locked down with? Uh, personality or backroom staff. Obviously, Craig, you could choose me or whoever else from the communications team. But yeah, one person that you think would be the best person to be spending, you know, five, six, seven weeks just locked down in a flat together with. 
I'll defer to you first there, Greg. I'll, I'll hit it right back to you. <laughs> oh, great. Hey, who would have? I mean, based on the couple of videos he's, we've seen in the past couple of weeks, I'd, I'd be tempted to say Fuzzy just because he'd cook and he uh, he seems like he knows what he's doing in the kitchen. So, uh, yeah, Chris Fuzaro seems like a safe bet. Chris Fuzaro for you, Craig. Greg? I'd probably choose Jason just because I think he's feeling uh, lonely. He lives by himself. Uh... And, and he's got a uh, PS4, so I'd, I'd probably go over to Jason's and spend some time with him, look after him. Jason O'Halloran, the attack coach. Uh, good old Bogan. Yeah, he's got a family back in New Zealand as well, so yeah, I'm sure he would be a bit lonely and would kind of welcome the company. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he does. Yeah. He probably doesn't know how to cook. He spends all his time in the fish and chip shop, so uh, I'd, I'd cook him a couple of meals. Oh, look at you. The motherly instinct coming through, is it, Greg? No, not at all. <laughs> right. Thank you very much, both of you, for joining me on this week's Warriors Weekly. We're working hard across the whole team at Glasgow Warriors to keep you guys entertained during this time. So once again, thank you, Greg, and thank you, Craig, for both joining me. Pleasure. Cheers, Duncan. Stay home. Warriors Weekly, Glasgow Warriors official podcast.